Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. <clears throat> Good. I'm just back from my late night hockey game. I, I know, and I feel bad because I know like, uh, well, I know that you're up working anyway on the game grades you're just done, but I know uh, there's some people who apparently don't want to go to bed until we post our podcast after an honors game. And so... That's very, that's very... Uh, they're very dedicated. Yeah. <laughs> they're very dedicated, so they're I feel very bad. dedicated tonight. Late game on uh, 8 o'clock start. Yeah. And uh, not a whole lot to be uh, uh, thankful of on U.S. Thanksgiving Eve. Um, but uh, let's do this and get it done. 4-1 to one for the Avs over the Oilers. It was obviously a really... Uh, the end of a five-game road trip. And the Oilers, um, if they had anything in this game, the ref took it out of them, Bruce. But they didn't really have anything uh, mm-hmm. this game. I don't really think they, from word go, McDavid and, and Drysaddle, for instance, just looked like they were not at all sharp. The whole team didn't look sharp. Every time they touched the puck, it looked like they were giving it away. Or Colorado was was just so much sharper right from the get go. Even though the first period was fairly even. Period was alright, but. Yeah, but even then I was thinking, oh, the orders are lucky. Like, you know, it, it, it was fairly even in terms of flow of playing, scant scoring chances, but I just, even then I had a bad sense about the game and then it just got worse. So this is our two good things, two bad things and two numbers podcast. What is your good thing, Bruce? Well, I've got one good thing and that's Mikko Koskinen. And uh, I graded him an eight for this game, which is a great game, which is not a great, I typically give a goalie with four goals against. But honestly, David, he was the only reason this game wasn't 8-1 or 10-1 or whatever one, because uh, <laughs> he was left to his own devices for the entire final two periods. It was him against the world. And he uh, held the Oilers in through a five-minute penalty kill, through a full two-minute two-man disadvantage. Uh, and he made a number of stupendous, and the Oilers just never could recover their equilibrium after that. And he made a number of stupendous stops. He finally got beaten for one. But it was 1-1 after 40 minutes only because of Mikko Koskinen. And then the dam burst early in the third. And even then, you know, it could have got, you know, it easily could have run up 6-1 six or, six or worse in the third. And he uh, stood tall, took, even took a thunderous hit for his team. And... Uh, Made some wonderful saves, all different parts of his uh, paraphernalia, tips, one-timers, breakaways, two-on-ones, you name it. Name any kind of 10-bell scoring chance, and Mikko Koskinen probably faced three of them tonight. <laughs> the grade-A chances in total were 25-6 to six for, <laughs> for the Avs. 25 grade A scoring chances. You you, you you're gonna probably on average you score on about one in four grade A chances. So there easily could have been six uh, six goals there, right? So um, well, six or seven. There's grade A, and but there was but there was even yeah, there was a plus chance. So, yeah, he was fantastic. He's such a man when he's playing well. I, mean, I guess you could say this of any goalie when the, when any goalie is playing well, they look like a all star, but. Um, there's something very, about the guy. Very <laughs> disappointed that the team, after the bad second period that he held them in, that they didn't come out with a little bit more gumption and and purpose in the third period, but they just carried on stinking the way they stunk in the second period. You know and what got they, me? The, 
it was like they were about two leagues below the Avalanche. The, you know, it's like teams on. It's like one of those early season minor hockey games where they haven't got the tiering sorted out yet, and they got one team up too high, and they got one team way too low, and then you get a you know a complete ass kicking. And it was like that the last two periods. It was just uh, it was embarrassing. As a fan, I was embarrassed watching that. Yeah. What got me? So my good thing is the PK. That's and, my and good thing. <laughs> that was my good thing was the PK, and and it right. was it was fantastic. Um, they especially the five on three, the defensemen who are out there: Russell, Clefbaum, uh, um, Nurse, and Bear, um, were just fantastic. And uh, Riley Shane was fantastic, and Miko Koskinen was as well. And the disappointing thing was that after killing off that five-minute penalty, including a two full two minutes of five on three, which should be like this huge moment, like we did it, yeah. but they just it just seemed to that was the end of them. They they just it took, I think they they were lacking in energy and they just looked completely sapped of all energy after that huge effort. That took a huge amount of effort, concentration and willpower to kill off those penalties. And after that was over, the, the abs just kept coming and coming and coming. There was no life for the Oilers after a moment like that where you, where you would hoping like, hey, look what our goalie just did. He just, you know, mm-hmm. he crushed their five on three. Look what those defensemen just did. There was none of that. I mean, there was one, I remember one play in particular, Ethan Bear winning the puck in the corner and icing it. Just a really fanta- fantastic defensive play. But there was nothing, they didn't have much in the tank, I think it's it's fair to say. And and uh, this is going to happen in an 82-game schedule in the NHL. What is your bad thing, Bruce? Well, uh, bad thing. Uh, uh, there's a few choices tonight, but I, I'm going to... Um, Go with Oscar Clefbaum or uh, really the pairing of Clefbaum and Caleb Jones. That was a, a massive fail in this game. Uh, I had both players at uh, making mistakes on nine major scoring chances against, and uh, I guess it's nine to eight uh, for Clefbaum. But he made, I mean, with a one nothing lead. Just an absolutely atrocious decision to pinch on a puck at, the, and this is when I mean the Oilers needed yeah. to stop the bleeding at that point. They needed to do some sensible uh, management of the puck, as uh, um, was it Remenda tonight was pointing out, and you know, and, and he was absolutely bang on. That was what they that was what they had to do was, you know, get the game under control, get the puck, dump it in a few times, don't do anything stupid. Well. I call it doing something stupid when you take a blind charge up the boards at a puck that you're not within eight feet of winning the race and then burned on the two-on-one and they executed and it's in the net. And then wouldn't you know he does the same darn thing or close to it on the, on the game-winning goal. Again, just burned way out of position um, at the offensive line with a, with a mistimed, misjudged, uh, and poorly executed pinch. Other than that, it was good. Uh, and two one, and I mean, those were the two most egregious mistakes that he made. But he made a ton of mistakes, defensive mistakes in this game, and he was uh, just a paper tiger out there. Very, very poor game from Oscar. About as badly as I've seen him play, to be honest. Yeah, it was almost historically bad, Bruce. Like in terms of the number of mistakes, major mistakes on major scoring chances, it was just a really wretched night for Oscar Clefbaum and, and Caleb Jones. And uh, uh, 
it's interesting. Like I think it was a week ago, about a week ago, Brian Burke said on national TV that Oscar Clefbaum's having a, a near Norris quality season. And there's a lot of people, Oilers fans believe that. And I'm also like, I think when, when Oscar Clefbaum does play well, like he did in 2017 playoffs, like he has early this year, I don't think that, like that I'm sparing in criticism that I, that I, but I think that there's uh, a bit of a blind spot that some fans have about this player in that, the, he does have these defensive lapses and um, there's games like this and there's pieces in, in, in many games where, man, he, he looks good most of the time, but defensively he's prone to some glitches and it continues, it's continued this year to some extent. And so I don't really, I think he's had a very, very good year. Um, arguably the best Oilers defenseman. That's certainly the consensus of fans this year. And I won't argue with that. But um, until I see this aspect of his game kind of more sealed off, and of course every defenseman is going to make major mistakes, but I, oh, yeah. I need to see about one-third less overall from Oscar Clefbaum, um, you know, down from about one-and-a-half to two a game to about one to one-and-a-half a game major mistakes on a great-A chance against before I'm, I'm going to be on board with the, you know, the, the kind of like, Norris talk for uh, Oscar Clefbaum as good as some aspects of his game are. My bad thing, Bruce, was <clears throat> the referee's call on Adam Larson. And even after reviewing that, they still gave him five minutes. And I don't, I don't know, I don't see how, and, and Drew Romander was re- remarking on this live, like he watched it live, and he was, I just don't see, it just didn't register to me how is that, that a, major? a major penalty in this? Like there had been lots of tough plays, even in that game, lots of nasty hits and tough plays. How was that singled out for a five minute major? I mean, I think it was a penalty, mm-hmm. but the guy's, coming, the guy's coming, right yeah. Larson, the guy's coming right at Larson. And the guy's coming right at Larson. A little chicken wing a little bit. And but. Larson gets his elbows up. Like, you're not going to hit me. I'm going to hit you. Mm-hmm. But no. he didn't. <laughs> He didn't nail him in the head. Didn't look like it to me. And it, it wasn't like wasn't flagrant or egregious. It wasn't it just seemed like a fairly run of the mill elbowing penalty or whatever the you know, high yeah, sticking penalty. He basically brushed him with the contact. I, I guess the rule says that if the guy's injured, the refs have no choice but to call a major. And I guess he went down as if he but he didn't he never missed a shift. I mean he didn't play on the power play, but that guy, T J Tynan, I don't think he would have played on the power play if it had been thirty minutes. Uh, you know, and he was out there right after it was over, no problem. Meanwhile, the guy, the Oiler got crushed on the same play by, you know, a legitimately clean hit. He's out of the game. So all of a sudden, the Oilers are down two guys and they're shorthanded for five minutes. And the whole game just turned on that moment. And, uh, you know, but that was one of three penalties Edmonton took after the whistle tonight. Like, they really didn't play a very smart game. And, and uh, uh, I mean, the penalty that Drysaddle took when they were they had two minutes to go on the five minutes uh, advantage, yeah. and they were playing great, and then he, Leon takes a, a just a dunderhead tripping penalty, and it was uh, you know now they're two men short for the last two minutes of it, and so they just they just weren't playing smart, and the refs were not giving them any breaks. I mean, there was a few dirty hits from Colorado, and I mean, poor Josh Archibald—he went crashing into the boards three different times, 
twice a guy slid into him, took the legs out from under him, sent him crashing into the boards. And the third time, that big Zadorov guy goes in there and takes him with the whole body, flailing arms and everything. I thought he elbowed him in the head and smashed his head into the boards. Like, not deliberate elbow, but, I mean, that was elbowing. But there was a two-minute interference penalty, and they evened that one up because Archibald got up and went after him. You know, I mean, you can... Uh, <laughs> got to say about Josh Archibald, uh, he's no shrinking violet. That's the third time this year he's gone after and nailed a guy that was at least 50 pounds heavier than him. So. Yeah, you brought up Dreisaitl there and the penalty he took. You know, the interesting thing about McDavid and Dreisaitl this game is, you know, usually when they're off Bruce, they're still good on the attack. It's just they 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 oh, lag yeah. on defense, right? You could They were really off tonight because not even on the attack. I mean, there was... A, a few nice plays, obviously. Dreisaitl set up Cassian early in the game with an absolutely beautiful pass. But but McDavid uh, was having trouble making plays. Like, he was losing the puck. He couldn't. He was bobbling the puck. Yeah, it was just so unlike them. So so they were, you could see, they just didn't have their legs tonight. And and uh, that's going to happen. Well, I think uh, the ice time caught up to a few of these guys yeah. tonight. I mean, I, I graded both those guys a four. And I thought that was probably generous. They, you know, they didn't really get much done. I didn't think they... Stunk. They just didn't get anything done, you know. They weren't defensively a wreck like some of the guys on the team, but it yeah. was uh, not a good show by by them or really almost anyone. Um, okay, what's your number, man? Uh, well, I got two numbers: uh, zero for us and twenty-two for them, and that's the number of grade A scoring chances that we counted in the second and third periods of this game, or more specifically, from the moment of the Larson Major yeah. through the end of the game. Uh, or I could, in the same time span, go for seven for us and 36 for them, which was the actual shots on goal in that time. But the shots on goal, one side as they were, the scoring chances were even more. The Oilers literally had one good look in the last 40 minutes, and that was dry settle fed McDavid right in the slot, and he missed the net. Of course, we don't count those. I mean, it really was a, it was a, a chance, but he didn't connect. Uh, but Colorado was just bombarding. I mean, it was that's a, zero sh- uh, scoring chances in one period is a piss poor result. Over two in a row, is I mean, how often do we see that? And both periods again, 14 against in one period, that's more than a whole game's worth of scoring chances in one period, basically. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen collapse. domination like that, collapse like that. I, I'm pretty sure in all the years we've been tracking scoring chances, we have never seen anything like that. To zero? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm 26 to 6 overall. And, uh, you know, that first period was kind of even and then poof, off a cliff. Right off a cliff. It's like they had no energy, David. It's just like once things started to go against them, they had no answer, no way to stop the the charge. And of course, Colorado was amping it up in there, and Nathan McKinnon was flying in this game. So pretty determined. Yeah, yeah. they wanted some revenge on Cassian and the Oilers. Like there was a little bit of that going on. There was. Yep. Okay, so I'm just going to go down. My numbers will be just. I'm going to go down the just the even strength numbers. The major mistakes that the defenseman made on grade a scoring chances against so adam larson only made one in his limited time and chris russell in the whole game only made one yeah so uh and that's he, typical he missed, of- he missed about 18 minutes because he blocked a shot with his face <laughs> and he went to the room and he 
didn't come out for the start. So they lost Larson and Russell right out, one right after the other. So they were going with four defensemen. Those guys were sucking wind. There was no escape. They couldn't get out of their own end, let alone get any rest on the bench. So Uh, so Russell did come back and and helped some. Nurse made two, Bear made three, Jones seven, Clefbaum eight. So eight is, that's kind of like, you know, four games worth usually, um, or five games worth or six games worth if you're playing well. And eight in one game is, like I said, it's 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 near historic bad. Uh, that's a really... <laughs> what, what did you give him? Um, did you give him a two? Or did you give him a two. one? Two? two? Yeah, you could have given him a number one. I don't, I don't like ones unless the guy does something to actively hurt his team. But sure. uh, uh, that's a very poor showing, and it's a poor grade. And, yeah. Uh, He'll shake it off. He earned it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't hate Clefbaugh. I don't hate any of these players. I'm just grading the performance, and the performance tonight was sadly lacking. Yeah. <laughs> Tough to play defense. Yes. <laughs> it's not easy. Mm-hmm. All right, Bruce, let's, let's call it a night. Let's leave it there. Thanks for talking. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. I mean, there will be better days ahead. And in the meantime... And in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.